Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. So today I have uh, the founders of Jory Magazine on. How are you guys doing? Good. Great. Yeah. Thank you for having us. I'm glad to have you. So Jory, what, what does Jory mean? So in Bangla, Jory means loud. It means like expressive. Um, when you're Jory, you're pretty much heard, right? Um, and in some, in some contexts, when people read it, they, may, they might read Jory, which is like to put pressure on and like forceful. Um, and that's kind of what the magazine is supposed to represent. Introdu- yeah. Introduce yourselves. Yeah, so my name is Sami, Sami Chowdhury. I'm the CEO and co-founder um, of Jory. We started not too long ago, but I'll let Mashiad introduce yourself as well. Yeah, so my name is Mashiad. I'm the creative director and co-founder of Jory. I, uh, me and Sami, we work together on creating a multimedia platform for South Asian, for children of the South Asian diaspora. Um, and essentially, our mission is to unite and to amplify the voices of the South Asian diaspora and their experiences and uh, accomplishments. Great. And I know Sami, from last time we spoke, you're in tech, I think, if I remember, right? Uh, your day job's in tech. Okay. And then, so Masid, what's your day job? Yeah. So I'm a product manager at a startup called Dojoit. Um, so it's based out in San Francisco, but I'm remotely working from Toronto for them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you, both of you, I'm curious, do you guys find you're able to apply things that you're learning or you have learned in your day jobs to, to Jory? Um, yeah, so a big part of my job, um, so other than just the fintech and working with, we're trying to implement APIs into the website that I work for, I'm a value champion, a big part of it is content writing and SEO. And as I work through content writing and SEO, I kind of, it's basically what Jory is at the moment. It's trying to make sure we show up on Google, trying to make sure that people really get eyes on, or we get people's eyes on us. And that's literally what search engine optimization is. And that's what I've been doing at work. And I do a lot of content writing for financial products, which is different from writing for the diaspora, but writing for financial products and writing for the diaspora at the end of the day, it's content is content. Understanding how keywords work and how to write is very applicable. So I think it goes pretty much hand in hand. Yeah, um, same here. I mean, like, uh, to add on that, like, Sami's, like, SEO experience has been so helpful for us, like, especially with our website. Um, You know, that has also been, like, kind of another aspect that we've been working on separate from Instagram and making sure that that is visible to the audience. As for me, from my end, um, as a product manager, like, the role is pretty much, uh, in the tech field, it's a very, like, cross-functional role, I would say. Like, you work between marketing, strategy, uh, business, and also, like, the engineering side. So I find that some of the skills, especially in terms of marketing, so obviously writing, doing the content marketing, but also create, developing like creative growth strategies, right? Like for us, one of the, one of the growth strategies that me and Sami were able to come up with was our YouTube. And um, we recently started that and we've been interviewing like mostly creatives and, and just people from different parts of the different parts of the diaspora, underrepresented communities of the diaspora doing react series with them where we react to like, you know, South Asian films and songs or doing mukbangs with them. So, um, yeah, like you applying, being able to like, I guess, use my creative business strategy skills in my PM job has been really helpful with also like building jewelry and expanding our mission. I saw the clip. I saw a little bit of the Osama episode. That was funny. That was cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think, um, I think, 
the day jobs that me and Masjid have, qualities that we've been, or the skills and sets that we've been able to pick up, really complement each other because we are very different people. Our work is very different. We require different skills, but then when we come together, it really helps us with joy because our team is very small. It really is me and Masjid at the top, kind of making sure everything's working out and, like, and setting all the goals and everything. But then we also have our writers, um, which are three writers, and then me and Masjid on top of that. So we have five people writing. Um, and creating content. So we, we definitely require those skill sets that we've gotten from our day job. We're very happy about that. Yeah. How do you find, uh, how have you been able to attract writers to your team? Um, a few different ways. So one writer is, um, is a friend of ours. Um, she's uh, Indo-Guyanese. So she takes care of a lot of the Indo-Caribbean stuff and she's a professional editor-in-chief as well. Um, or an editor for... Um, she's read a few books, she's published some stuff. Um, so she takes care of that side. We have my brother who's a writer and he's a really good writer as well. He's also a writer for the Bengal Gazette out in Berkeley. Um, so I have him help me out. And then we have someone named Shayful who we, me and Masha don't know, but he found us on Instagram, reached out to us and said he'd love to contribute and help. And we have him write for us weekly. So that's kind of how we got it so far. Great. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely amazing. So, yeah, it's been great to have their also insight because we were also able to use their insights to expand our niche. Yeah, and we have some other writers coming in the pipeline. Great. Yeah, we we put together a writing team at Boney. It's been fun. Um, it's, uh, it's 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 cool getting different people's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, how do you read out? How do you read out? I guess uh, people that really don't share your passion for what you're trying to do. <laughs> Like, have you had any instances of that? Um, I think so far, <laughs> funny enough, um, we've been pretty lucky. I mean, to be fair, we just started out, right? So mm-hmm. it's been about what well, yeah. like a month and a half, yeah. like maybe closer to a month. So um, because we just started out, whoever finds us has our pet, like has those similar goals because if you're going to find a page with like 400 to 500 followers mm-hmm. um, and actually check them out, you probably love what they do or you're really interested in their topic. Whereas when you have 10 to 15,000 followers and you end up in front of them. Um, someone shared something or whatever and you're like, oh, I don't really care about them, but hey, maybe they'll pay me or maybe they'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. When you come to our page, you know we're probably not going to be able to pay you. <laughs> like yeah. this, is a very, this is a very passionate thing that Hopefully yeah. one day we'll be able to give you whatever we can give you. But as of right now, if you truly love what we do and you want to take your time to help us out, come through. We'd love to, we'd love to work with you. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, like as Sami mentioned, like right now, same for me, like I, I haven't faced like any sort of obstacles when it comes to like also for my family or anything like that. Everyone has been really receptive. Um, I think what's interesting, I guess, about, yeah, like we definitely are still struggling with the visibility aspect of it just because we started out and, you know, the more eyes we can get on our page, the better. Um, but I also think what's, what's interesting about our mission is that it is niche, like it's about the South Asian diaspora, but it's also all encompassing as well. Like, you know, we talk about, we talk about culture, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about fashion, we talk about tradition, we talk about heritage, we talk about language. So, you know, um, I think right now, in terms of like, in terms of obstacles or anything like that, it's really just we're just trying to expand and and create as much content and get as many eyes on it as possible so that we can grow. Do Do you ever worry that it's it will be because you two are Bengali that it will end up? And I know your goal is to be 
South Southeast Asian or South Asian, correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong, but that it will just end up being very Bengali centric because you two are Bengali and it sounds like some of the other folks are also Bengali? Um, no, because um, even though us two are Bengali and yes, there are content that, you know, we create from our experiences, right? Um, I also think that we've created lots and lots of content. I mean, uh, Chrissy, she's an amazing writer. One of our writers, she mostly writes about Indo-Caribbean and Indo-Caribbean experiences. And that has been gotcha. really important because like it has educated us on how Indo-Caribbean diasporas or Indo-African diasporas or other diasporas who've like long immigrate who's immigrated to like the West long before, you know, 1965, uh, the 1965 act of the of US, right? Like uh, those communities are extremely underrepresented. And yeah. that has been definite, that has integrated into our niche. We, you know, we write about, we write about like the events, South Asian events that are happening all across the world, like farmers protests, um, what's happening in Brick Lane to the British Bang Bangladesh. Yeah. Like, so um, it's, I, it's not just a Bengali page. I mean, we're, we're very focused on making sure that, you know, we are including everyone and um, to our writing, to our YouTube, to our, you know, just regular content, Instagram content as well. And and one way to do that as well, um, it's all in the mindset, right? So coming into the page, I think that was an issue for me or for us as well. We were kind of worried like we're both Bengali. Even if we are good at balancing it, when people see us, they're going to see just two Bengalis. Like at the end of the day, how do we make sure we cover everyone? Well, like um, building up from what she had said, it's making sure we have all of our writers come from all over. But on top of that, it's also understanding that we're really not that different. Like people love to see the borders that the British drew for us and be like, all right, well, we're not Indian. And we're not. We're not Pakistani. We're not. Um, however, Indian pa people, Pakistani people, Bengali people, Sri Lankan people, where we have so many similarities that get kind of brushed under the rug because our borders kind of outline them. And I think through Jora, we're able to really strengthen the unity versus the differences mm -hmm. and really be able to highlight how similar we are in different ways. Like our parents raise us very similar. Yeah, of course. Our food doesn't taste too different, right? Our colors are somewhat similar. Our weddings look pretty similar. So all of those things combined, it's just like, it's very important for us to highlight the similarities versus the differences. Agreed. Yeah, I think for us also, we always have to remind ourselves because I, I purposely didn't name uh, our page Bangladeshis of New York. Because mm -hmm. I'm very cognizant yeah. of... Uh, being Bengali, and but we always, but I'll be honest with you, we always have to remind ourselves that there's Bengalis in, in India, um, that there's Bengalis actually in Pakistan too. So it's something mm -hmm. that we have to always remind ourselves. And so mm -hmm. it's not easy. because so, And we have most of the team is Bengali, we have some non Bengalis, but it is uh, something we have to remind ourselves. It just needs to be in the forefront. We have to come constantly, you know, make yeah. sure that we, we include other Bengalis outside of uh, Bangladesh. The, uh, the, what sort of uh, topic uh, do you want to cover? Yeah, um, so if you go on our website, you can kind of see them specifically. Um, so the ones that we really try to cover is culture, entrepreneurship, activism, and then news and things related to diaspora, and then things that we call opinion, which is literally anything. Um, and recently it's been, or the most recent one, I believe, is politics-driven, so kind of about Kamala Harris. Um, but we cover pretty much everything across the board for South Asian like people? we talk about like we talk about Indo-Caribbean Chutney Soka music, right? That like a lot of the South Asian diaspora, South Asian diaspora, and like the mainland South Asian 
yes, we don't know about. Like we have no idea what Indo-Guyanese people grew up listening on and how that relates back to like, you know, the motherland. We we write about fashion, we write about, you know, Jamdani, we write about um, the traditions of that. But at the same time, we also love highlighting like creatives like, you know, Rajiv Mohabi, who's like an awesome Indo-Caribbean poet. We love highlighting, um, we have one coming up. Um, this is about Sequin. And she's an Indian-American um, entrepreneur who's creating a credit card for women. So, you know, we write about like anything and everything, um, but it's more than it's like it being like news, right? Like Refinery29 News. It's more like we write about topics that really interest us and that, you know, other, that other South Asians will not find anywhere. Um, so, and, yeah. yeah. And it's very, also very activism related. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we try to highlight us and Masha, so me and Masha, um, just so information, we grew up in the Middle East. So um, okay. growing up in Kuwait, and that's kind of how we know each other. So growing up in Kuwait, we've seen the issues that not just Bengalis, but South Asians go through mm-hmm. being out there, just living out there. The struggles that we face just going to the mall and going to the store, and it's, it's a problem. So one of our writers, my brother actually, Saif, he wrote, um, Why is South Asia Selling Its Soul to the Middle East? And he wrote a beautiful piece on someone that used to actually work at my house and her life and her story from when she left Bangladesh to when she was taken to Kuwait and her passport was taken away from her and then she came to our house and like the whole story of who she is he ended up writing it down because we grew up speaking to her she worked for us for 12 years so working with her or having her work for us and learning from her exactly the experiences of an underprivileged South Asian which is majority of the people out there that are South Asian learning about the labor workers' lives, learning about how they had to go through, you know, their day-to-day, we were able to kind of write an article on that and really highlight that so everyone can understand because a lot of people don't know about that. Um, same thing with um, some of the other topics I write about. It's just it's more educational, just so people know what's going on. Hopefully, we can invoke change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the issue with the brown people in, in uh, Middle Eastern countries is definitely... Mm-hmm. One that's really important, and you're right. Maybe it's it's not covered enough. Um, yeah, that, I'd be interested in in reading that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think uh, the Middle Eastern countries have this sort of I mean superiority I, I, complex with oh brown people? That's I, a I mean that's deep. I I don't think it's just the Middle Eastern countries. I think it's us too. Like me and Sami, we grew up in a very privileged circle, right? Like middle income, high income family. That's not the true for most Bangladeshi, Indian, Pakistani, Afghan, Nepalese labor workers who go there, right? Yeah. They live in absolutely squalid conditions. And when I mean squalid, I mean like my bedroom with 10 people in it. Yeah. And maybe they have access to like a group bathroom somewhere out there. And it's a tension. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's terrible there. And on top of that, whatever they get paid, which is probably 60 60 dinars a month they have to pay 20 dinars for that one bunk bed and then yeah. send the rest back home for money so and their yeah. passports are taken away by their sponsors so they can't even leave the country they're abused many maids have have been have committed suicide like these things as much as like yeah like you could say like yes the kuwaiti you know the, the there is a xenophobic culture in the middle east um mm-hmm. i think that this is a, this is just like something that may have started maybe after the oil <laughs> has been discovered. I don't know. It's like power is power and it doesn't really change where you go. Um, and it's just, it's different because like 
me and Sami are expats, but because of our of our our family's income and economic, socioeconomic background, we are treated differently than these labor migrant expats. And the difference is that these labor migrants, they have contracts between the Kuwaiti government and their home country, where yeah. the contract basically says that the gov- that yeah. any sponsor who sponsors them from this government or takes them from this government can do whatever they want to them. So yeah, like it's a terrible, it's a terrible issue right there that that is going on. It's been ongoing, like you know, ever since we've we've gone there, like in the nineties. Yeah. I'm there in nineteen ninety eight. Um, and the thing is, like. The problem is, yes, it's a problem, and I personally don't think that the that those contracts will change or the the culture, the Middle Eastern culture around that will change. But I think that it, for us to invoke change, more South Asians need to be talking about it. More South Asians who are living in the Middle East need to be voicing that because at the end of the day, there are people too, right? Like, I am just lucky that I was born into a family that where my ba- dad was an investment banker, but my dad could have been a labor migrant too. Yeah, and I would have had to see my dad, like you know, come home after working like eighteen-hour shift in the in the heat, right? In the in the in absolute dire heat, with like only twenty KD in it, twenty dinars in his pocket. So yeah. I, you know, me and Sami are just lucky. So I think the problem really is that we that me and Sami can totally tackle by bringing up these issues is making people who are in our who are born in our socioeconomic state recognize the classism that is present recognize that we are the ones who are not talking about it we are the ones who are not you know voicing our opinions about it and the and the problem here is that people don't even know that it's happening so yeah um coming coming here to the united states i met a lot of people um even people i've met some people that work for like children 971 and like other great groups the similar Bengals of new york that have no idea that there are even labor workers being abused out there. And I'm like, how do you not, like, I thought this was general knowledge, to be honest. I just thought we just don't do anything about it because we're kind of lazy maybe or something. But it's really, it's the lack of knowledge that really surprised me. Um, and that's what kind of pushed Jory to really get published is it's not about writing about five ninety Bollywood movies that you have to watch or whatever. Like, yeah, we have great funny articles, um, but it's really about how do you not know this yet? and is it your fault that you don't know this or is it because nobody's told you? And if yeah. nobody's told you, that mean my should be the one to let you know. Like yeah. there's so much going on in yeah. different parts of the world. There are things that we don't even know, right? Let our Indo-Cuban writer tell us about all the time. In Trinidad, Indo-Guyanese people. Um, right now I'm working with someone named Mansi. She's Indo-Panamanian. And Chris, she was Indo-Paraguayan. So they're from Paraguay and Panama and they're Indian. And there's huge communities out there that I didn't even know about. I know there were Indian people and Bengali people in Panama. But there are, they've been there for gen- yeah. generations. So yeah. that's kind of who I've been reaching out to recently and that we've been talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much to cover and even Jorah alone can't do it. So if anything, we even welcome other people to start writing and get, like, get your stories out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I recognize that in your name, you have a period at the end. Is, there, is that intentional? Yeah. Um, so... We have the period after the name. We kind of discussed it really quickly and put it in there. But the main reason is for, it's that whole like emphasis. Like, we're joy, we're loud, we're here. And that's final, like period. That's it. Yeah. It's like a statement to really emphasize who we are. Mm-hmm. And that we're a force to be reckoned with. And we're going to bring you stories that, you know, you're not going to know and, and you've never heard about, but you're going to be glad that you know read about them. Mm-hmm. And it might not, be good I, it might not be good I, 
I think I asked you this before, but your goal is your goal for to have a physical magazine or completely digital? Um, right now, completely digital. It's one thing to have a newsletter, but even that might not be physical. Just because um, the work going into putting something physical and sending it out, it's not that it's super difficult or impossible, but the world is moving towards being more digital. We don't see how that adds yeah, of course. too much value to have a physical copy. Yeah. And we just want to make it more multimedia, more interactive, more engaging. Um, just so that, yeah, we can, we can kind of get people to, I guess, like, almost on in real time, like share their stories with us or our experience, like experience with us, what, what our journey is. Um, so, you know, that's why I guess we're foraying more into video, but mm -hmm. I, I also see that more like, you know, maybe in the future also doing more lives, right. More Instagram lives, more live streams. Um, yeah. More live interviews with like guests, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. What's been uh, the reaction from your family? Um, my family, at first, they were, it's weird. So at first, my family was kind of like, mm, I don't know if you should be doing this. Focus on your job. Um, you just graduated like a year ago. They, they were kind of like scared of me mm -hmm. getting into something that's more creative, which is weird because as Bengalis, we've always been creative. Um, it's kind of in our culture to be somewhat creative. So they were, and my mom's a great writer. My dad writes a lot. My mom was a poet. So I'm like, why are you pushing me away from this? Well, it's because when they came to the United States, they didn't pursue writing or poetry. My dad went straight into banking. My mom also went into banking. And both of them did, had a great financial life because of it. Um, it even took them to Kuwait where I ended up being Mashiach. But I, so I can see, I understood the fear. And I had to kind of talk them through it and be like, listen, I'm not leaving my job. I'm good at my job. Um, I'm not dropping everything in the world to do this. But I am taking a good chunk of my time to work on something that I truly love and I'm passionate about. And yeah. There's nothing wrong with that because nothing's being thrown away. And once they understood that and once they saw the page and they saw a physical website and everything like that, um, and there are, the, me and Masha knows my parents. I know Masha's parents very well. Yeah. So once they kind of realized that, one, we're forming a good team, um, and two, we're doing a passion project that might not do well or it might do amazing. Either way, it's not impacting our lives in any way that, you know, that's going to pull us down or anything. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at the end of the day, we're sharing our stories and we're sharing stories of others. So my parents right now are super supportive. They're very happy with it. My whole family is very happy with it. They subscribe to everything. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. How about yeah. your parents? <laughs> so for me, like I haven't, I haven't shown it yet to my mom and dad um, just because they are a little bit more anxious <laughs> than most parents. Um, so they're probably going to be like, yeah, just focus on your job. Like, don't do this. So I guess like, I would love to show it to them. Like once we hit like a thousand followers, like I'd be like, look what I did, you know? <laughs> and like, I have the numbers and the statistics to back it up. Um, but I've shown it to my brother. I've shown it to like, I love my aunt and my grandma and they love it. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's been really good from, to have that support system. Yeah. My parents have no idea where Instagram is. Uh, the other day. <laughs> That's I true. called my mom and she was like, oh, I saw you did this thing about the Rohingya because I think my sister showed her on Facebook and, yeah. uh, and sh she thought that was cool. Like she thought, you know, yeah. uh, that I was talking about the Rohingya, that she thought that was cool, but they have no idea what Instagram or anything. I mean, they have 
forget Instagram. I mean, a podcast. You probably wouldn't. I mean, I've, yeah, I've never even talked cool. to them about that. Yeah. But uh, I think well, I think your parents will give you credit as soon as like another auntie starts talking about it. Yeah, that's yeah. The that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sami's mom's been so supportive though. Sami's mom's like the first to always like our posts. Like, I'm so appreciative of that because it's always on my Facebook. Because from the Instagram like notification, also hits Facebook. It's like Shaheen Chowdhury. Yeah. <laughs> like, my mom. My mom. My mom made an Instagram. My dad. Both my parents made an Instagram account. Yeah, to follow. follow. Oh, yeah. Just to like, funny. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure it's to be supportive, but part of it's kind of like, I wonder what he's up to. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he really started to talk to girls. Yeah. He started to yeah. talk to girls. That's I mean, funny. just do joy. Just do joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's great. I mean, what about, how about people in Bangladesh? Has anyone caught an eye of it or any response from them? I think. Yeah, I think we have some followers from Bangladesh, right? Yeah, we have some followers from Bangladesh. Um, some of them are my cousins. My uncle and my aunts in Bangladesh have, like, my, my parents, brothers, and sisters. There's no point even trying to explain to them. They just will not <laughs> understand. They'll never get on. They're more old school. It's too um, conceptual. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just like, they're like, Jorah Kenno. They're like, <laughs> there's a whole. So, Jorah might not be something I tell them, but my cousins do follow it. They support it. I don't know if they they think anything's going to happen from it. They're kind of like, oh, this kid, like this American Bangladeshi cousin of mine started like a South Asian thing. Like they probably think it's like more funny than serious because yeah. they're like out of the loop, right? Because they're not part of the diaspora necessarily. And the content does not really reflect their thoughts or it's not really made for them, right? Like they're not really our, our reader, our ideal reader or our, gotcha. uh, yeah, the people that we market to essentially. Yeah, we do have, we do have quite a few from like mainland India Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have some people from Sri Lanka for sure. We have some people from, I think there's like a couple Pakistani, uh, Pakistani followers as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. A lot of Nepalese people. And, and yeah, we have some Nepalese people as well. And someone from the Northeastern actually, actually like two days ago, there was like a Northeast, someone from the Northeastern, you know, state of India, like Manipur. Mm-hmm. He's around yeah, that. yeah. So that was so really, we're not, we're not as big as Benghazi in New York. We don't have like, so when we get followers, we like look at them and we're like, hey, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> like, really excited. This is a thank you note to each follower. You know, thank you for following. Uh, so the thing is that if, if uh, I'm not really involved with Instagram anymore, but you'll see a lot of people that message us and they still think it's me. So just to, just uh, to tell you that I used to talk to every person that followed us yeah, like, when, yeah. we, when I first started. So, so I completely understand. And now I have to, like, the team or the person who runs it now she has to tell them it's not cam or she like tells me what they say but i uh but no i completely understand trust me and uh it took us a while and i think i have screenshots on my notes of every thousand increases that's awesome of course and i like look at them sometime and it's really cool because yeah yeah and you know it's it's uh it's a lot of hard work and that's the other thing i mean i don't want to sound old but like yeah it's just a lot of hard work and you're going to go through lapses where it's like, you're not adding much followers, but I'm like, whatever, I don't just keep creating content. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I uh, yeah, I mean, what's your ultimate goal? So five years from now, what, what does Jory look like five years from now? Um, yeah, so, I mean, me and Masha still haven't discussed anything past five years, to be honest. We're very big on... One year. We're like one, one year, year, one year. Okay. Yeah, but um, the, the way I see it is um, success really... Because five years from now, hopefully, we can say this is successful, right? So success for, uh, I think, between us would be um, being able to look at our page and say we successfully encompass the South Asian diaspora, 
we successfully color, cover everybody from every color, every race, every country, every, everyone who identifies with South Asia and whoever is South Asian curious. So whoever wants to know about South Asia, know about our culture, know about our food, know about our entrepreneurs, know about who's who and what's what in South Asia, they'll be able to come to our page, scroll through it, and see the topics that matter most for them. Um, especially five years from now, I think the content we're going to have and the m- amount of content we're going to have, the team that we're going to have, you know, inshallah, hopefully, will be one that people will really be able to rely on. Um, because having, you know, like, if you're, writing, if you're a journalist and you're writing articles, your information has to be obviously proven, has to be correct um, above all. But on top of that, it also has to be attractive. It has to be interesting. And it has to, again, like I said, encompass everyone. So I want more Indo-African people. I want Indo-African writers. I want Indo-Latina and Latino writers. I want yeah. more um, Pakistani writers. Pakistani, yeah. Nepalese, Himalayan. Yeah. Himal- yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So like I think that can really encompass it all. But I don't want to... Yeah. I don't want to lose ourselves and write too much about South Asian news again. Like a lot of outlets have been really good at that. And then they automatically turns into like, like the India Times or something. Like I, I want this to be Jorah Magazine and this will forever and always be about the diaspora. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you ever, because um, right now you're on Instagram mostly and you have YouTube. Uh, do you ever worry about the fickleness of social media? I mean, YouTube has been around for a while and it probably will be around. It's the biggest I think it's the second biggest search engine, so YouTube probably will stay. But do you ever worry about the fickleness of social mm-hmm. media? Like, you know, because I already talked to my sister, and she's younger than she's 13. They think Instagram's for old people. Um, and my nephew doesn't even know Instagram. You know, he's on, you know, he's on all these, I don't know, Roblox or something. So, like, <laughs> do, you ever worry about, do you ever worry about, like, the fickleness of social media? Like, is Instagram going to be around, you know, four years from now? Uh I think I think Instagram will be around four years from now. I think it'll just look different and it'll just again have a different algorithm that we're all gonna have to learn and adapt to and, and grow with. Um, but I do think like uh, yeah, social media is definitely more fickle. I mean, I think our attention spans are more fickle. That's why like people are gravitating more towards like TikToks and and reels and those t- type of features. So I think that in order to be relevant in this world, like, you know, whatever platform you're on, it's all about like being on top of it. And so, you know, for us, it's also been like in the beginning, first three weeks, four weeks, we were just creating like, you know, articles and like Canva posts, right. And quotes and stuff like that, which is great. But the thing is like, people want something that's moving, that's engaging, that's interactive, but that's also like short enough for them to like keep their eyes on. So that's why, you know, when we do our YouTubes, like now it's like cutting them up into like little snippets and presenting them as reels, the funniest topic and presenting them as reels, or we're also pouring into looking into creating TikToks and funnier TikToks that represent like, you know, brown issues and stuff like that, or even brown mental health. Um, just so that, yeah, you know, we can, we have to keep up and uh, we have to grow. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, social media definitely is fickle. Um, it's not an excuse for us not to grow. I think since you started Benghazi in New York, Camille, it's probably changed so much. <laughs> and you guys have been able to stay on top of everything, but um, that adaptability is what really separates you from others that really can't mm-hmm. compete or that can't keep it up. And it's unfortunate because it's not just about us. It's about who we try to serve. Um, and if we're trying to serve the Indo, I mean, the South Asian community as a whole, we need to be able to offer them everything that they're on. So if like the next generation wants to be on TikTok, well, guess what? We'll make sure that you get your news and your funny stuff on TikTok. We'll make it interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's the goal. I think YouTube is here to stay though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So that's been my, that was always my fear is like, how long is Instagram going to be around? That's why 
I made sure we have we have a podcast. I made sure our, our website was always robust and updated because because I I don't know I don't have the answer. I don't know if Instagram will stick around. And not recently we've gotten into TikTok as well. Um, but I, it's yeah, I think it's uh, I think. But I think the one thing, and I'll tell you, I don't want I don't really I really generally don't like giving advice. But one thing that I think that people do, and I've heard this from many people that follow us, is that the one thing that people like, and I would say this for you too, that maybe follow this. Because people like this is that Boney really it, Boney's not like about me. Like you, you've never seen me um, on Boney. Like I don't really put myself out there much. I mean, once in a while, like if I'm talking, like obviously the Rohingya event, things like that. But it's so much more about just the people and the topics we cover. Um, like that's at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we that, like I think that's that people enjoy that more. And I think that I've seen other platforms where it becomes like a. You know, I'm sure you guys follow Gary Vee and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like Gary Vee is great at, you know, personal branding. Personal branding is super powerful and I respect it. Um, but I like for something what we're trying to do, like personal branding gets in the way um, because it can't be the cam show. Uh, it, it, it really can't. And people would, would see through that and uh, you, would, you, you would lose, uh, you know, so that authentic thing that you guys already have now. Cause, but because it's not then it's not about the diaspora. It's about you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're so much more focused right now on like, especially entrepreneurship. I feel like people want to know how South Asians are changing the world. And yeah, we want to make sure that there's more and more coverage of that. Like, you know, right now we know that there is a Bengali like the White House, right? Who? Yeah, insane. Got, I love it. Yeah, too, it's I think, amazing. Too. That's amazing. Like, we need to feature yeah. him too. Yeah, like, um, yeah. And so, yeah, all both of them. Yeah, we're, me and Sami were talking about like featuring both of them. And, um, so we're focusing more on that as well. Like, that's why we're bringing in, like, whenever we try to do a YouTube, we try to do it like with a guest as well. Like, um, so that it's, it's that it's the focus is on them. You know, we learn about their story. We learn about their experiences as well. And yeah. we're just kind of like the supporting. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm not saying you can't, I'm not saying like, I don't always, I, I, I obviously I host a podcast. So I say my name and sometimes I go yeah. on a, a IG live, but generally I think people know that it's more about the people and the yeah. topic. Um, you guys are doing that amazingly like yeah know. no honestly Thanks. you guys are killing it we uh that's what we're our route is very different i think we're um so we have these serious interviews and we have these well i want to say somewhat serious interviews we have these great people that we feature but also if you look at our stuff i mean we haven't posted them yet we're still in the process of uh, rolling everything out but we have funny reacts we have like 80s bollywood like dances that we found or like movie scenes cool. that we found and we just yeah. react to them and they're hilarious. <laughs> From the seventies, cool. like it's hilarious. Yeah, and because we see all of these all of these reactions on YouTube to funny things or just to like anything. And none of them are ever Bengali or brown in general. Then they're not desi at all. So me and Masha have been able to at least kick that off, right? So even yeah, if yeah. Joy is not the number one for that niche of reaction videos, let's get some more brown people out there. Like laughing yeah. Let's get some more yeah. brown people like creating videos that are stupid. Like it's okay. And like, we can be clowns yeah. sometimes. Like we can be doctors and clowns. We can be in finance yeah. Yeah, exactly. startups in Silicon Valley, or you work in finance too, and clowns. Like it's okay. We can joke around. <laughs> like that's I think one thing that we're trying to welcome. Like please joke. Like please have fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, uh, love your energy. I love your enthusiasm and and passion um, and uh, authenticness. Uh, obviously, uh, come back. Uh, talk about you know anything else you have going on. Um, excited mm-hmm. to help you or you know just watch you guys grow. So um, thanks for coming on. Awesome. No, thank, thank you for you having us. us.
Gotta be honest. With diamonds and pearls. Yeah, yeah. Bengali is in New York. All over the world. Uh, it's the bony show. Uh, hey, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter. We the essence of the Bangladesh. I say, hey, come on. Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live.